Good morning, church. Uh, do you have a tag in your seat? If you have one of these, just hold it up. Let me see that you have a tag. There should be some uh, around you or behind you or under you. There you go. Hold up your tag. There you go. Okay, if you've been around the last few weeks, you know what this is all about. Um, we have been trying over the last four or five weeks to collect a thousand stories of how we are trying as a church, as a people, to live different because of Jesus. And if you've been around and you've heard us say this, we, uh, this has been our goal the whole time. We would love to collect a thousand stories, uh, stories that talk about how maybe before we would have done this, but now because of Jesus, because we're thinking different, because we're trying to live different, uh, we did this. And I have been so encouraged over the last few weeks to hear you tell me stories and tell other people stories about the things that you've been doing. It's been incredible to see how you've been helping people and serving people and, and treating people different and talking different and, and, and all these things. Kids are doing it. Adults are doing it. Grandparents are doing it. It's just fantastic. And again, this isn't about, hey, look at us and how good we are. It's, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with Jesus and, and us being aware of the tangible difference that he's making in our lives. So this morning, what we want to do, uh, we've been wanting to collect a 1,000 stories. We've collected maybe around 200, maybe a little more than that. I haven't gotten the latest count from Jason, but he's ballparking it right now. I can see him counting with his eyes. Uh, we want to get a 1,000 of these, right? And so I, I think with the crowd this morning, if everybody just did two, we would be there. And here's the idea. Think of a way, maybe over the past week or a couple of weeks, where you have tried, uh, in, in the smallest of ways, to live different because of Jesus. Think of maybe where you saw someone else, this may be what you're the best at, where you saw someone else in this church trying to live different because of Jesus. Maybe they, they went over, I saw it last week when we were on the playground with our small group, I saw kids helping kids and adults helping uh, other families as we were trying to maintain the chaos of lunch by the playground. I, I saw it uh, this past, uh, this past uh, what was it, Friday and Thursday night as we were out on the playground with the, the big Easter egg flashlight hunt and family movie night as people were just helping each other and doing different things and some of them doing things that they normally haven't done before, trying to help and be of service and to live different because of Jesus. It can be big, it can be small. We're going to play a song, and over the next few minutes, what I want to ask you to do is just write it down. I'd love for you to write down two. That's, that's my challenge. That's doable, right? You can do that. And as you hear this song play, as you have your tags written, uh, come up here, and you can put them on these boards in front of me. Uh, you can put it on the stage behind me. We want to fill it up with tags. That's the challenge. There's tables around uh, the room with more tags and with pens if you need uh, something to write with. But we're going to take about two, three, four, five minutes, and we're going to have a moment just to reflect on how God is making a difference in our lives and in this church. Write it down, and I want every one of you, if you can, if you're visiting, don't feel compelled. But everybody else, you're on the hook. I want to see us moving around and filling out tags and, and writing down how we can celebrate Jesus making a tangible difference in our lives. Okay, if you got it, say got it. You got it. Let's hear the song. Let's write these tags. Let's hang them up because of Jesus. Let's do it. Caught in sin remain inside the light of inward shame. We fix our eyes upon the cross and run to Him who showed great love and bled for us. Freely you bled for. is risen from the dead, trampling over death by death. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the grave. Christ is risen from the dead, we are one with him again. Come awake, come awake. 
rise up from the grave. Beneath the weight of all our sin, you bow to none but heaven's will. No scheme of hell, no scoffer's crown, no burden great can hold you down in strength. You reign forever, let your church proclaim. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling over death by death. Come awake. Come awake, come and rise up from the grave. Christ is risen from the dead. We are one with him again. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the grave. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Oh, church. Come stand in the light, the glory of God has defeated the night, singing of death, where is your sting, oh, great, where is your victory, oh, church, come stand in the light, our God is not dead, he's alive. He's alive, Christ is risen from the dead, trampling over death by death. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the grave. Christ is risen from the dead, we are one with him again. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the grave. Let no one caught in sin remain Inside the light of inward shame We fix our eyes upon the cross And run to Him who showed great love and bled for us Freely you bled for us. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling over death by death. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the grave. Christ is risen from the dead, we are one with him again. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the grave. Beneath the weight of all our sin, you bow to none but heaven's will. No scheme of hell, no scoffer's crown, no burden great can hold you down in strength. You your church proclaim. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling over death by death. Come awake, come awake, come
down and rise up from the grave. Christ is risen from the dead. We are one with him again. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the grave. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Oh, church, come stand in the light. The glory of God has defeated the night, singing, oh, death, where is your sting, oh, grave, where is your victory, oh, church, come stand in the light, our God is not dead, he's alive. He's alive, Christ is risen from the dead, trampling over death by death. Come awake, come awake. That's a sermon in itself, folks. What a difference, what a different world this would be if we continued to live out these things on these tags. I look forward to just reading these. I hope you'll take a minute to do the same maybe afterwards this morning. Let's stand. We're going to sing 10,000 Reasons as we sing this song. You're dismissed to take your kids to WOW. If you're a guest with us, that's for our kids pre-K through first grade down here in the gym. Uh, You can kind of exit as we sing this song. There are folks down there to get your kids checked in. They'll be good and safe and worshiping down there. Until we're done, you can go pick them up in the gym afterwards. Let's sing this song together. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, O my soul, I'll worship Your holy name. The sun comes up. It's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I'll worship Your holy name. You're rich in love and you're slow to anger. Your name is great. And your heart is kind For all your goodness I will keep on singing Ten thousand reasons for my heart to find Bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul Worship His holy name Sing like never before, oh my soul, I'll worship your holy name, and 
day when my strength is failing, the end draws near, and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise unending, ten thousand years and then forevermore. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul, worship his holy name, sing like never before, O my soul, I'll worship your holy name, and bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul, worship his holy name, sing like never before, O my soul, I'll worship your holy name, I'll worship your holy name, I'll worship your holy say together. Amen. Amen. Be seated. All right. That's a good. We haven't said anything about this yet, but do you like the new carpet? Yeah. We can praise Jesus for the small things too, right? It looks fantastic. And I want to thank all those who helped make that happen over the past week. It's amazing. I wish you could have been here this week to see it go from like, you know, the old what was there to like nothing and then to something again. It was just a crazy metamorphosis over the last five or six days. Some of you have asked, well, what's next? Uh, We have this beautiful carpet and then we have these pews that are, uh, you know, also 20 years old and a little bit worn and stained with, well, God knows what. Um... (laughs) Hey, no decisions have been made, but I want to show you, we, we do have some sample chairs that I'm going to enjoy during our service this morning. And if you'd like to enjoy one too, then you could ask one of our elders about that. So um, we'll go with that. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to begin uh, a new series. We've really enjoyed this Live Different series, and this will kind of become an ongoing theme for us throughout the year. But uh, next week, we will begin a new series. I want to just tell you just real quick about that. Uh, it'll be on the five love languages. And, and you've probably heard about this. Maybe you've read the books by Dr. Gary Chapman, or you've, uh, you've uh, you know, interacted with this material before. It's fantastic. Uh, we're going to do this for two reasons. One, it's part of our next at-home center launch that will help and to bless our families, we believe. But also, if you recall, Jesus said the two most important things were that we love him and that we love each other. And I don't know about you, I feel like we spend a lot of time talking about how do we love God more. We don't spend as much time talking about how can we love each other better. And I think it would be really, really great for us to think about that just for a few weeks. How can we live out Jesus' command to love each other the way he has loved us? How can we love each other better? And I think over the next few weeks, uh, we'll, we'll be able to begin to understand more and more about what that means and how we can love each other better. So this material is widely known and well-known. It's a great time to invite your friends uh, to church as we talk about this. I would love to invite you to invite them. Some of you are here this morning because someone invited you, and I'm so glad that you're here. Let me just say welcome, and we are glad you're here, and we'd love to see you back next week as well as we dive in to this idea of the five love languages and what does it mean for us to love each other better. All right, let's say this again this morning. Let's Uh, By this point, you probably have this in your mind and in your heart. You don't even need the words on the screen, but I will put them up there for you in case you need them. Let's say this together. 
We are the body of Christ, called to live different. Is it on the screen yet? I noticed you weren't with me. If we can get that up there. So they're messing with me up there, see? I don't have a pink jacket. I'm not cool. Let's say it again. We are the body of Christ, called to live different, to invite people to come together, invest in each other, and engage in what matters most because of Jesus. I love that. All because of Jesus. And today, as we think about what it means to live different, I want you to think about a different kind of love, a kind of love without limits. And I want to ask you this question. Do you think, is there any limit to the love that God has for you? Is there any distance he wouldn't travel? Is there anything he wouldn't do? There's nothing. There is no limit to the love of God for you. Maybe the best, one of the best ways, at least for me to, to understand this, is to think about this. Did you know that we have a next-door neighbor? Not, not like someone that moved in across the street, but we literally, like planet Earth, the Milky Way galaxy, we have a next-door neighbor, the Andromeda galaxy. NASA recently released uh, what they say is the largest picture ever taken uh, with the Hubble telescope. And it's a picture of the Andromeda galaxy, which is literally the next door neighbor to the Milky Way galaxy where we, li- where we live. And if you see the picture on the screen, you'll see that there's just, just all these tiny dots. And every one of those tiny dots is a star. And before you begin to start trying to count them, which you can't, they estimate there's 100, over 100 million stars just in this picture they took of the Andromeda galaxy. And each one of those stars could, they may not, but each one of those stars could potentially have their own solar system. And oh, by the way, uh, the Milky Way galaxy and the Andromeda galaxy are just two galaxies in what scientists believe or estimate to be over 100 billion galaxies in the universe. Are you feeling a little bit small yet? <laughs> wow. Wow. Have you ever been like out uh, away from the city late at night, maybe camping somewhere, out you know, on vacation somewhere, and you looked up because you were away from the city lights and you could actually see on a clear night the stars? You ever, you ever try to count them? You probably have never even thought about doing that because it's impossible, right? But even if you could, you would only be counting a fraction, a fraction of the stars that are in our universe. And a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the stars that are in all the universe and all the galaxies that are contained in this world that God created. <clears throat> maybe, just maybe, that'll help you think about how great and how vast is the love of God. It cannot be counted. It's as if you were walking on the beach and you picked up a a handful of sand and you tried to count every grain of sand. It can't be done. It can't be counted. It can't be measured. It can't be contained. It can't be explained. It can't be quantified. It can't be calculated. The love of God is beyond all measure. And maybe you think, maybe you think because you've experienced a great love in your life that you know something about the love of God. Maybe because you have a child or maybe because you met that special someone or maybe someone loved you in a way that was, it seemed like such an unselfish and an unyielding love that you could never have deserved. Maybe because you've experienced some of that love, you think you know something about the love of God. I want to tell you, you don't. It pales in comparison to the great love of God. 
And this is why we gather every Sunday, but this is really why we gather on Easter Sunday, is it not, church? Because this is the morning where we remember, where we remember that there is no limit to the love of God. And in case, for some reason, you've forgotten, can we just read the story again? Matthew is one of four eyewitnesses that wrote down what happened some 2,000 years ago. Matthew was one of the worst of the worst. He was a tax collector. He was the scum of the earth compared in everyone's eyes in that day and time because of what he did and how he robbed people blind of, of their money when they didn't have it to give to begin with. And oh, by the way, he was one of them. And so he, 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 was, he was a sinner, but he was the worst of them among sinners. And Jesus, I don't know why, but he picked him to be one of his closest followers and friends. And Jesus changed his life. And Matthew wrote this in Matthew 27. If you have a Bible or you have a device, you want to open up or turn that on, you can find this here, starting in verse 27. Matthew said, Some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and called out the entire regiment. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. They wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head. And they placed a reed stick in his right hand as a scepter. They knelt before him in mockery and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit on him and grabbed a stick and struck him on the head with it. When they were finally tired of mocking him, Jesus, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. Along the way, they came across a man named Simon. He was from Cyrene, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. And they went up to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. And the soldiers gave Jesus wine mixed with bitter gall, but when he tasted it, he refused to drink it. After they had nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes throwing dice. Then they sat around and kept guard as he hung there. A sign was fastened above his head, announcing the charge against him. It read, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. It was about three o'clock. Jesus called out. With a loud voice. Eli, Eli, Lema Sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? Then Jesus shouted again, and he released his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two, significant, from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split apart, and tombs were opened. The Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened. And they said, this man, this man is truly the Son of God. See, I don't want us to ever, ever forget that there is no limit to the love of that God has for you, for me. I don't want you to ever, ever forget that there is nothing, 
There was nothing that would ever make God love you less. I want you to know that you know that you know that there is nothing that you have ever done that God could not forgive. Because Jesus, seated on the throne of heaven amongst the stars of the galaxy that he created, left all of that. He came and he lived on planet earth for some 33 years and guys like Matthew did life with him and were so compelled by what happened that they had to write it down and tell you and me about, about this love. It's a different kind of love. And even when you think you've caught a glimpse of it, it's like looking up at the stars and thinking you've seen the whole galaxy. But you know that's not the end of the story. If you keep reading in Matthew 28, we find these words. Matthew said early, early on Sunday morning as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb and suddenly there was a great earthquake. Remember the earth shook when Jesus died. Now the earth shakes again because an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and he sat on it. His face shone like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow and the guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Can you imagine this moment? How many soldiers did it take to roll that that stone across the face of the tomb? And then the angel comes down and like with his pinky, rolls it away. It's no match for the power of the love of God. And he sits on that big old rock as if it's some piece of furniture for child's play that he can be moved easily from left to right. And, And the soldiers see all of this and they are very afraid to the point that they fall back and faint because they realize something Something is happening right here. Then the, then the angel spoke to the women. The women have arrived at the tomb. Don't be afraid, he said. I know who you're looking for. It's Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come and see where his body is lying. Now, go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you to Galilee, and you will see him there. Remember all that I have told you. The love of God left heaven and came to earth, died on a criminal's cross, was buried in a borrowed tomb, but the love of God loved too much to let love, to let Jesus stay dead. So the love of God, three days later, raised Jesus up from the grave, and when the women came looking for him, he was nowhere to be found. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And then listen to this, verse 9. As they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. These women were not only the first to hear the good news that Jesus is alive. They're the first to, to meet Jesus alive. They're the first to encounter the risen Lord, have an experience with the risen Jesus. The first one trusted with the gospel message, but also the first one to experience the gospel message. The first one to see Jesus alive and the first one to know that there is no limit to the love of God. Because not even death is a match for the love of God. So I want to ask you, do you believe Do you believe that Jesus came from heaven to earth? Do you believe that he lived, that he died, 
that God let him die. And that three days later, he rose again. You see, I think this is hard because this is so counterintuitive. It goes against everything we know about love because as far as we know, as far as we're concerned, love doesn't let love die, does it? That's not how we operate, at least in this world, you know? That's not how we parent. Every parent in the room knows this. What does love do? Love protects. Love shields. Love doesn't let love die. Love doesn't let love hurt. Love doesn't let love experience pain. So what do we do when we love someone? We do all we can to protect them. We do all we can to put up a shield about them. We do all that we can to keep bad things from happening to them. That's what we do. And that's not what we do just as parents. You know this if you're in the room, if you have a pulse, right? This is what we do as human beings for those that we love. For our moms, our dads, our friends, our brothers, our sisters, those that we we work with and those that we go to school with, anyone that we care about. If we love them, we don't want anything bad to happen to them. So what do we do? We do all that we can. It's in our nature to protect, to shield, to to help people who are hurting not hurt anymore. That's what we want to do. We want to take away the pain. We don't like it. Because that's not what love does. But the love of God is a different kind of love. And the love of God, let Jesus come from the realms of eternity and step down into human suffering and experience brokenness, pain. He hurt. He bled. He died. And we thought love doesn't let love do that. And I know we think this way because some of you this morning, the reason that you don't believe in God, the reason you have a hard time believing in God, or maybe the reason that at this very moment your faith is weak is because you're wondering, God, if you love me, why would you let this happen to me, to them? Where were you when I needed help? Why didn't you hear me when I prayed? When I called, why didn't you answer? God, if you love me, why am I going through this? God, if you love us, why is this happening? God, if if your love is real, if you are real, then why in the world is this going on? Why are we experiencing so much pain? But we misunderstand the love of God. It's a different kind of love. Because the love of God, and you know this, we've talked about this. The love of God has never been a promise to protect you or me from anything. The love of God has always been a promise that the presence of God would be with us through everything. And it's because we misunderstand the greatest love of all. That sometimes we have a hard time. A hard time. A hard time accepting the love of God. My wife, Alicia, and I, we, we recently went to see a movie. Maybe you've seen it or maybe you've read the book called uh, The Shack. In the movie, it's a story about a man named Mac who tragically lost his daughter. And we're going to watch about a two-minute clip in this scene. Mac finds himself in the middle of the woods in a shack. And he's having a conversation with God. And just so you know, God in this clip is, is a mother. He's in the kitchen with God. And in this moment, it seemed like Mac needed the love of the mother. Later on, he's going to need the love of a father, and God appears to him as, as a dad. But right now, God, whose name is Papa, is in the kitchen with Mac. And I want you to hear the conversation that Mac and that God have. Because Mac, like a lot of us, felt let down by the love of God. 
So if you would, let's, let's watch this short clip together. You're the almighty God, right? You know everything. You're everywhere, all at once. You have limitless power. Yet somehow, you let my little girl die. When she needed you most. You abandoned her. I never left her. If you are who you say you are, Where were you when I needed you? Son, when all you see is your pain, you lose sight of me. I'm not who you think I am. He said it himself. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? No, Mac. You misunderstand the mystery. Cost us both dearly. Love always leaves a mark. We were there together. I never left and I never left you. I never left Miss. Love always leaves a mark. And there is no limit to the love that God has for you and for me. Love didn't even keep Jesus from the cross. But even in that moment, God, God wasn't far away. Sometimes we think God is far away, but he's right there. Sometimes it feels like he's distant, but he is near. And whatever you're going through today, wherever you are right now with God, I want you to know that you know that you know that this is the promise of Easter that there is no limit to the love of God for you. And while it may be true that the love of God won't protect you from anything, it's a promise that the love of God will be present with you through everything. There's a guy named Paul who experienced the life-changing love of God. He was known for killing Christians, but then he met Jesus one day, and Jesus changed his life. And when Paul reflected on The mystery of the love of God. I want you to hear what Paul said. He said this in Romans 8. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us, whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who would condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? If we're persecuted or hungry? If we find ourselves destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we're killed every day and we're being slaughtered like sheep. No. Despite 
all of these things, despite all the pain and suffering and hurt and brokenness you're experiencing, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours. Why? Because of Christ who loved us. So I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Not death, not life, not angels or demons, fears for today or worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. The bottom line, people, is this. There is no limit to the love that God has for you and me. Will you step in? Will you step into the limitless love of God? You don't have to understand it. You don't have to be able to explain it. You don't even have to believe in it for God to love you. God loves you with an unlimited love, with a love without limits. And he didn't die for you and rise again three days later so you'd go to heaven. When he died for you, that veil in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. That veil, by the way, was what separated the people of God from the presence of God. And God was the one, I believe, that ripped that veil in two because it was torn in two from top to bottom, not from bottom to top. And when Jesus died, the separation was over. And when he was resurrected to new life, the promise that you and I could be resurrected now into new life was made so that just like Jesus, we could be reunited with the love of God, our Father. Church, if you would, we'll stand together. The love of God is greater, it's stronger, it's more vast than the stars in the universe. It can't be counted or contained, explained, but it's true. You, every one of you, I don't know your story, I don't know your past, but you, I know this, you are loved. You are loved by God. And there's nothing you could ever do that would make God love you less. And right now, some of you in the room, you're hurting. You want to know what God's doing? He's hurting too. Some of you in the room right now, you're crying. You want to know what God's doing? He's crying too. Some of you think that God is far away. He's never been so close. God loves you. And I want you to step in to the love of God today. I want you to step in because God is near. I want you to step in because God is with you. Some of you, you've never stepped into this kind of love before. And some of you, if you want to, man, we'd love to see you step into that love today. We believe that when you step into these waters of baptism behind me, you literally step in to the experience of the love of God as God washes away your sin. And you are resurrected to be a brand new person in Christ, clothed with Christ. A lot of us, we've experienced this love, but we've forgotten this love. And what I want to do today is I just want to remind you. I want to remind you of that love, and I want to challenge you to share this love with someone else. Because no doubt there is someone in your life that needs to be reminded that they have a God who loves them. A God 
who cares. It's a different kind of love. But it's a love that promises the presence of God with us. And every day, and every day, it's greater, it's stronger. And this is, this is the love of God. If you need prayer this morning, we're gonna, I'm going to ask our, our elders, our shepherds, to just make their way around the room. If you want to find one of them, you can come find me. None of us, all of us, we would love to pray with you. If any of you want to step into those waters of baptism, just find one of us too and share that desire with us. We would love to see that happen because we believe so strongly that that God loves you and that there's nothing you could ever do, nothing you could ever do to make him love you less. Let's sing.